ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 125 of the Dynasty Junkies. Oh man, what a fun Thursday game in the snow and the rain we've got. And if you're watching us live or watching the replay on YouTube, you're watching my guest tonight, Herms, dancing like a madman over there. How you doing, Herms? What is up, my dude? It is still the fantasy playoffs, and it's <laughs> yes. uh, it's it's a mixed bag. I'll tell you what we we got a we got a whole show to talk about it. But like, dude, this weather, oh. oh. I, you know what? It feel, I feel like we talk about the weather every year, but this year we've talked about the weather more than every year combined. I feel like this whole week has just been leading up to this. I mean, obviously it's bleeding over into the real world. Like the weather obviously is a big deal and the whole, I don't know, northern half of the U.S. is going to be like negative, you know, under zero degrees and all There's weather, there's wind, there's there's rain, there's snow. It, I, it's this time of year. And this is, of course, when fantasy football happens to be the most important when there's the most chaotic things that we can't control. So I'm glad you're here with me tonight, Herm. It's going to be a fun time. 100%. <laughs> and uh, usually we have two of us. Uh, Scott Sidlow was supposed to be here tonight. He might be joining late. We're not really sure. I know he's having some uh, health issues. He's a little sick and under the weather. If he shows up, great. If not, we got this. You know what I mean? Like, the, Herm's, you're a pro. And speaking of that, I definitely want to introduce you. Obviously, people, where can they find you? I know you just got a new gig, so I want to make sure we give you a chance to to talk about that where can people find you and your stuff nowadays you can find me on the old tweeter machine at herms nfl <laughs> if you're interested in those musings but if you're looking more for content you're gonna have to go to DraftSharks.com, baby yeah read the hoodie there, there, there it is yeah same there logo they've had the whole time and it's, pr- it's pretty cool you know i feel i feel very blessed to be hired as a full-time fantasy football dude and uh yeah i got all sorts of stuff going on there uh you know tracking some injuries doing some newsy type stuff and then i think my most recent article came out talked a little bit about christian watson you know but there's still plenty of things i got on the horizon so if you want to check that out just go to draftsharks.com to find your old pal herms and all sorts of other smart stuff i know and i love it i love that you got a a real gig quote unquote right you got you got the full-time job i mean i'm so happy for you man that's just awesome and i know as soon as i saw that i was like oh we got to have herms back on the show we got to have you on to talk about the new gig and obviously i've had a couple different podcasts with you you know where we get to chatting about football and and you're a ravens fan is that correct or steelers steelers there we go yeah flip-flop yeah Yeah, sorry sorry steelers fan sorry i knew you were nfc or afc north i just couldn't remember which one yeah. Either way, I would actively dislike the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> That's right. That's what I figured. Either way, we've been opposing it. I'm wearing my Who Day shirt tonight. I got Ocho, of course, in the background. So I figured who better to have on uh, when, when your team is bad and my team is good. This is that time where it's like, ah, finally, 
Um, but no, we are here to talk fantasy football a little more. And again, you hit on a little bit earlier. Obviously, this is the playoffs. This is the time of year when things start coming around, uh, where good teams fall apart and where bad teams get lucky. And, you know, as much as you don't want to admit it, everybody who plays this game knows that there is a certain amount of luck. There's a luck element to everything that we do. Um, injury luck is probably the, and I said this even in a, a group chat with my home league, injury luck is the, is the biggest luck factor, in my opinion. You, you can never tell when an injury is going to happen. You can't tell how long that injury is going to last. You can't tell what it's going to do to the other players on the team. Like, for instance, the, the, the two that I have on the sheet, obviously, the first one is Jonathan Taylor to IR. I mean, I know I have a few teams, uh, two actually, that are in the semifinals this week and now are without Jonathan Taylor. Uh, that's not ideal, right? Like, we don't like that. I mean, I'm firing up Deion Jackson in one of them because I had him as a backup. But the other one, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm reluctantly firing up Zach Moss, not because I want to, just because that's how deep that position is for me, as in not very. Um, but what are your thoughts on the whole Jonathan Taylor injury and what are you doing if you have him in leagues? Uh, well, first of all, if I'm in this situation and I'm in the playoffs, then I'm thankful I made it this far. Amen. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, there's that. Uh, so you know, if nothing else, just be thankful. Um, but then beyond it, in terms of the whole Deion Jackson versus Zach Moss of it all, uh, I have been, uh, disallowed by the FSWA to talk about my true feelings about Zach Moss. I've already been censured about it in the past. Uh, so <laughs> I, once upon a time, I was one of those Zach Moss people and I just yeah. refused to learn the lesson that he's just like absolutely mid at best, but yeah. it, it's fine. You know, I don't He got an interesting amount of the work in closer to the goal line, but Deion Jackson's good, man. Like we've seen it enough times this year when Jonathan Taylor is out that like that boy balls. So I don't like Moss is one of those this week where you break glass in case of emergency. Yes. But like I'm talking like in that situation, I don't like Jonathan Taylor being out by itself is not quite <laughs> all you need for that emergency. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like don't break the glass only because of that. It has to be Jonathan Taylor's out and some other list of problems you have before you get to Zach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the one, I think the one I'm starting him, I, it was between him and Curtis Samuel. And that's kind of where the decision is where it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not happy with either of these guys. It was like him or in like, I had LaVisca Chenault, I think was another option. Ooh. I had, um, uh, there was another running back. That's just like, not someone you want to lean on, you know, just like, <laughs> I just looking for upside. Let's go. But I mean, again, like you put it perfectly. If we're at this point of our season and we're still playing, that's a good thing, right? Like, I can't be too upset. And I think that as much as we want to you know, spend all this time and energy on putting in the right players and, and making the right decisions and making the right trades and scouring the waiver wire and doing all that work, really, it does come down to kind of coasting at the end here and just sort of letting it right out. Um, I think there's a lot of, I know I used to be like this, but there's a lot of people that do lineup tinkering all week, right? And they kind of, they look at their lineup and they put in a guy and then they change it and then they put in a different guy. I really stopped doing that partially because I have so many leagues. It just gets out of hand, but also it's kind of like I'll, I'll, I'll set a lineup on Tuesday and kind of put them all in. And then I'll check on Thursdays to make sure that the players aren't in my flex and I'll miss some, right? Like I'm human. And then I'll look and see who's in and out for Thursday night and make sure I'm not screwing anything up there this week. Of course, with a lot of the games on Saturday, that's kind of wonky for us in the fantasy oh, yeah. world. We get like one less day to think of things, but it all, it all comes back to the the weather, you know, being crazy and chaotic and, and part of the luck factor here too this week. But it's almost like 
you, you, you check it three times as it is. I can't check it more than that. Like that's just, that's too many. By the time I get done checking them all, I got to go back and check them again. So it just kind of gets exhausting. So yeah, Jonathan Taylor's out of all my lineups. That's all I can do. And we'll see how the rest falls. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I think it's important that you bring up the point that you did because I don't know. What's that uh, analysis paralysis? Is that what yes. they call that? Yeah. yeah. Like, Something like that. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> Listeners, viewers, if you're out there, please, <laughs> dear God, don't do this to yourself, especially because, like, look, it's you and like three other people. If you made it to this point in your league, like, that's pretty much what's happening. You got to dance with who brung you. You know, that's that's what it's all about. Like, we always go with the whole start your studs thing, blah, blah, blah. And unless there's some sort of legitimate reason with injury factors and whatnot, or as we were talking about a little bit, the weather. Like, for instance, like, I oh, man. I don't want to play, like, like Amari Cooper ended up, you know, ending the practice week, you know, healthy. I don't think he carries a designation. Home game in Cleveland, wow, that's been really great for him all year, but the winds are going to be terrible, blah, blah, blah. So, like, outside of something like that, or an injury, just just set the lineup. It's fine. You're good. <laughs> Whatever. Like you made it to this point. Just like do the thing and cross your fingers. Like don't overthink it. Yes, I'm Bingo. right there with you. Play, pick the players that got you there. I know. Obviously, with the weather too, I, there have been a ton of start sick questions on Twitter this week. I've had a couple in DMs, and I'm just like, man, I I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I, I just don't know. <laughs> And I've told a lot of people, and I, I even put a tweet out today because I told so many people, I was just like, it's just, I would play players I know are playing. Like, honestly, like, we don't know what this weather is going to do. There could be some situations, I doubt it at this point, but there could be some situations where games are canceled or postponed, uh, where there could be some delayed starts, or they, don't, they decide not to play their stars, and they kind of let the backups go against each other. Like, we don't know. There's some chaos happening. So my thinking was, you know, like, for, somebody asked me, like, ETN or uh, J.K. Dobbins. And I was like, I honestly, like, I kind of lean ETN because we know he's playing. We know they're going to run the ball. But the weather hasn't hit New York that hard yet. Like, this might be the only game outdoors that isn't affected in the north. You know, we don't know. So it's not in a dome, right? So, like, we, it's all chaos. It's just all chaos. So part of me is just like, I don't know. Let's see what happens. But I think that's kind of the, the MO in general. And, again, if you're if you're missing Jonathan Taylor, you know, that stinks. It's, it's not great. It's not ideal. But, man, winning your title <clears throat> with him getting you there and winning your title is going to feel great. The other big player we can't even ignore, though, is Jalen Hurts. Obviously, he's missing the week, too. And there are so many teams I know that got to the playoffs almost entirely on the back of Jalen Hurts. Probably why he's out, because he's sick of carrying everybody. But <laughs> I know I have I have zero, this many, zero shares of Jalen Hurts. So I am not hurting on that train. But how are you on the Jalen Hurts battle? I love how you weaved in the little pun there at the end. Oh, that's a big, big fan. Um, he's hurt. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Dude, I am. I feel so bad. I feel so bad. So I, I talked about this on my podcast the other day, the lateral show, a sideways look at fantasy football. We had uh, we had our friend Pat Fitzmorris on, and we were talking about some oh, things. Oh, big fan, bless a wonderful human being. Like, we were talking about uh, things we're looking forward to in 2023 and beyond, just because we were like, let's cater to the audience that's not in the playoffs for fun, and. Sure. The thing that everybody agreed on was the quarterbacks that, you know, there's a small list of them that are, you know, super good. And that's about it. And trust me, just keep with me here, viewers and listeners. I'm getting to a point. <laughs> I, I promise. <laughs> and, you know, because I'm, I'm 27 years old. You know what I mean? 
I think about it. If you are older than Herms and you're playing quarterback this year, there is a decent chance you did a very bad job. And I don't think, like, it, whether it's because of your own ineptitude or the team around you not being super great, like, that's honestly just what it is this year. That's just what it is. If your Herms are younger, you probably did fine. And Hertz is one of those people on that short list, like you said, like carrying people because the only position worse than quarterback this year was tight end, which I kind of expected oh, to bounce back from. I did so too. I, I thought last year was difficult. You know, like Waller getting hurt, doing the whole thing. Like, oh, you know, but, uh, there's usually at least you know four or five, six of these guys that'll be fine. Nope, just one. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's it's Travis Kelsey or you know you poop the bed. But but yeah, so either way, like you're not gonna replace Hurts very well. It's it sucks that it's true, but you know, again, for the billionth time, and it's not the last time we're gonna mention this. No, the weather pretty hard to throw the ball if you're gonna be in an outdoor stadium somewhere in the northeast, Midwest, doing whatever, and the winds are just like whipping and howling and you know, smacking oh, you man. in the face. Like it's it sucks, dude. Like yeah. Gardner Minshew might be fine, you know. Like at least we know in the past he's been pretty good when he's been a starter, and that mm-hmm. was in Jacksonville when he had significantly fewer weapons than he has at his disposal now. So if you want to go for like a one for one swap, I mean, we probably already had to have made that move off of waivers by now, or in dynasty leagues, just I don't know if you have a trade deadline, which that's whole other rabbit hole. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid that real quick. Uh, <laughs> So, but yeah, Minshew, like maybe, but like, bro, dude, like, you're probably SOL. Probably. Well, <laughs> I hate to agree with you, but you're, you're probably right. I think that the thought process that I go through with this is if you had Jalen Hurts and he got you to the, the, the semifinals, he got you this far, you probably have a pretty good team, you know, because Jalen Hurts wasn't one of the top options. You probably still have a good running back. Hopefully, you didn't have Jonathan Taylor also. And if you did, man, I'm sorry for you. That's brutal. But I, I think that you kind of hit the, the main point there that you're not replacing Jalen Hurts. Whoever you put in is not going to be Hurts. So get that out of your head already. Just just put that aside and say, I'm just going to do my best and hopefully get lucky and just throw it in there and move on. Right. Yeah. Just just wish on a star and see what happens. Like just yeah, it's the best you can do. And yeah. Does it suck? Yeah. A little bit. But that's part of the luck factor. And I think the, the funniest part to me is there are a couple of teams that I'm facing that lost Hurts. And I'm like, oh, now I got a better chance, right? Like, it's weird that, that it all goes around, right? You never know. It's not always you as much as you want to think it is. Uh, this is also another, um, I don't know, another reason, in my opinion, to join more leagues, right? If you're in, a, if you're only in one league and, and you had all your eggs in that one basket and Jalen Hurts and Jonathan Taylor, one or the other, or both even, are knocking you out of this, then just join a second league that gives you more options. And I can testify myself when I was in four leagues, I was, it was like, oh, I, I can follow these. I can do this. I'm in, you know, 17 leagues that I got to set lineups for now. And I know my other hosts, obviously Rocky and Scott, both are in, you know, 40 leagues. Once you get past 10 or so, even eight, probably, it doesn't matter anymore. Like at that point, you're just like, I'm cheering for everybody. You know what I mean? Like just, I have almost everybody rostered somewhere. So it's like, just, just play your best lineup and let the chips fall where they may. It takes a lot of the stress off. So I just want to say like, if you're stressing right now, maybe that's your sign. Join another league and you'll stress less. Absolutely, man. And also just like very, very quickly, since you brought his name up, Rocky, if you're out there, yeah. shout out to boy. Hey, but uh, <laughs> I always got to shout out the, the homeboy Rocky. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, dude, like 
I'm not like a big uh, portfolio player, quote unquote. Like you'll find that I do have not like a ton of overlap, but like there are certain players that I have, you know, across the majority of my dynasty teams. But to your point, still a lot of diversity, still a lot of different things that you can root for. And like even independent of this specific playoff example, I think people should just join more leagues. Like yeah. straight up, dude. Like I okay, so backstory about Herms. <laughs> I started playing dynasty in a dynasty baseball league. Mm. So so not just yeah, so you're super fact, crazy. Gotcha. It I know. It, it, so not only that, but we had like a full, I think it was 20 man minor league system. So, oh, wow. you know, it's a, yeah, so for, for all you uh only football only heads out there, translation the like deep devy nonsense. Yeah. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> and like I did that for, I think for five or six years or something, and you know, like it was fun, but that being my only league, it was like well, a way too much to manage, so there's a reason I don't do it anymore. Yeah, and then B, <laughs> like you know, it's just I wanted to root for different outcomes. It got a little bit weird that I was only focusing on that one thing. So then when I moved to Dynasty Football, only started with the one league, and I was just like, ah, come on, come on. Yeah. Once you diversify a little bit, I'll tell you what, it just gets so much more fun. It definitely does, yeah. and it also makes it so that like. The things that go poorly, quote unquote, in a situation where you're only in like one or two leagues or something like that, hurt way less if you're in more because it's like, okay, well, yes, in this one or two leagues that I'm in, like that player absolutely crushed me. That sucks. It ruined my playoff run. But in some of your other leagues, the same player that you're upset about probably helped you somewhere else. So everything balances out to this beautiful net neutral of being a total nerd about it because that's what (laughs) this is so – like, it's the best thing. It's that – dude, I don't know. I'm rambling at this point. but like, No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think you're hitting the nail on the head here too is like the, the, the floor gets raised and the ceiling also gets raised. Right. Like everything goes up. All the tide rises, everything when you're in more leagues, because now you have more things to cheer for. You have more potential outcomes. I think the other the other part that I like about it is it does, in my mind anyway, it seems like it lowers the luck factor. If you have more, you know, irons in the fire, if you have more teams going for the title, you're more likely to win a title. I mean, again, it dumbs it all the way down. But if you're in one league, you've got one out of one out of 12. If you're in 12 leagues, probably going to win one of them. You know what I mean? Like that's that's one out of 12. Right. Like that kind of ups your chances. So. I just wanted to make sure we mentioned that as we're getting into this and there's a lot of stress and negativity, this is, we're going to start to see, you know, startup season come around. I always like to call it orphanage season. I'm a big fan of adopting orphans rather than starting up a team, partially because I'm a big fan of trading. I, you know, I was on trade addicts a couple weeks ago. I, I am an addict. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, and I actually made a Jonathan Taylor trade I wanted to talk about. Um, but it's like, if, if you if you do a startup, the trading is tough because immediately everybody already has their own players. It takes like a couple weeks, if not a couple months before trading really kicks in. And then honestly, in some leagues, I feel like it just never does. I've been in a couple startups where it's just crickets for months and then it just sort of kills the vibe. Whereas if I take over an orphan, I jump in to a feeding frenzy where everybody wants to trade because they've all seen this crappy team not make any moves. 
And I'm also trying to move all these crappy players that I don't want because I didn't draft them. So it's almost like it just it's a it's a catalyst to a league, which, again, piggybacks in a weird way. And I'll let you get in here in a minute. But piggybacks in a weird way. Leave a league if you don't like it. We talk about this all the time. If you're not interested, if you're not having fun, let the commissioner know now before the season's even over. Say, hey, I'm not feeling it. And I'm going to get out of this. Don't lie to them. Don't say, you know, I'm not joining any leagues or I'm cutting down. I try to word it differently. Like, this league just wasn't for me. I had a really good time. No hard feelings. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just be honest. And like, just you can even say I've said this to others. Like, there are other formats I want to join. Right. But all of that, in my mind, is the same kind of topic. And this time of year, that's kind of a good way to put it. But what are your thoughts, I guess, maybe just in a general sense on startup versus orphan adopting? What do you think about that? I have yet to adopt any dynasty children. Uh, ah. I am I am uh, still technically parentless in that regard. <laughs> I, I, okay, I, I I trying to take that analogy too far, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I have not done that yet. But I will say, I will say, uh, having only recently, well, I mean, I think this is like my third year of dynasty football anyway. But in the grand scheme of things, recently, quote unquote, like ventured into this realm, I only did startups. And when I was yeah. first doing those, like I, d- I did a majority of them like all in the same off season. So like I got better <laughs> as the different startups started up. Yes. So like the first few, like, okay, the <laughs> I'm going to admit this and I don't care because this is an educational program. First you're, startup you're in a I safe did, space here. hundred <laughs> percent. First startup I did uh, the first year was uh, last year didn't win a single game straight up honestly i did not win a <laughs> i was so bad in the startup that i was just like oh people keep saying i should trade back i don't know though. <laughs> so it was just like a whirlwind it was the second startup i ever did and it was the first one i ever did super flex and it was the first you know so just like i didn't know so i just botched that terribly so you know i've been having to you know build that from the ground up that's been fun but a pain yeah. in the ass and definitely a little bit weird and then some of the other ones that like I did better and I have better teams to your point, like they started a little active and maybe, you know, had some people kind of trail off, you know, few people left before the start of this season. We got some other people that didn't seem to make a difference in all of them. And, you know, I think I too may cut down on maybe one or two, but if I'm going to do, or I guess if I'm going to add another team to, you know, my sleeper app, because I'll tell you what, that not, not nothing against my fantasy league. Like it's very customizable, but that website, it's just, it doesn't work for my brain. I just, I can't figure it out. It's very confusing. I do all of Scott Fishbowl on that app. So, <laughs> but like, if I'm going to do it, I think it either has to be a startup with people that I know are not going to like let it drop or like to your point about the orphan thing again still haven't done it yet but if I kind of peek around and like I see somebody tweet out like hey check it out like we got this team and here are the people in the league like if I see that tweet and I see it's like okay like I know like seven eight nine of these people they're all chill I am more likely to do that than agree to a startup 
this hundred percent. I actually was just on the Get Real podcast with Casey Kasem, kind of foreshadowing a little bit. Great later. episode, by the way. Thank you. That was I, I've had a lot of people reach out about that, but I had a great time with her. But I said the same kind of thing. I'm like, it's more important who's in the league than the settings, right? It's more important who you're playing with than than you know what the the rules are in a sense. Like you, you know, I'm in a couple of John Bosch leagues where the rules are crazy, but they're a lot of fun because the league is fun. You know what I mean? Like that makes it. I don't care what the format is in that case. Now that being said, I do prefer offense only. I, I'm not really a big fan of IDP. It's just too much for my brain to keep in there. And I'm just, I'm just being honest. Like I can't do it. Others love it. Go for it. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to slam your opinion. I'm just like, it's not for me, man. It can't. Everything can't be for everyone, right? Um, but back to your other point too about MFL. I know a lot of people that just are anti MFL. They just can't do it. I am almost the other way. I feel like I'd rather use MFL and the browser, not the app, but go through my mobile browser and have all my leagues open in separate pages. And it's just easier for my brain. So kind of what you said, like my brain does like that. My brain is very DOS. It is very analog. It is very, you know, green screen kind of a thing. That's just perfect for my head. The other thing is with sleeper, I feel like when you get to so many leagues, I'm scrolling. I don't like to be able to like, yes. scroll and finding leagues is kind of annoying. And then like when I go to that, that league, it starts me in the same spot. Like I kind of wish you could, like if I'm on the player screen or I'm on the ad screen, if I go to a different league, it would take me to that same screen at that league. Like that would be helpful because then I can like look really quickly and see who I want to add or trade for and all that. Like that's where I get kind of frustrated because it's just an app. Like you can't really run the mobile app on your browser. It doesn't work that well. And then if I'm on a desktop, you don't get all the features. I can't do best ball at all on a desktop. Like So there's some pros and cons to both. I'm, you know, again, everybody has their own thing. I'm not here to shame. But it's more like for me, MFL is easier for my brain. And that's why I like it. Um, I don't think I'm getting rid of any leagues this year, which is kind of interesting. I usually drop a couple and add a couple. I don't think I'm dropping any this year. I've, I've actually gone through it in my head. I'm like, I don't think I can drop that one. I really like that one. I'm really, I'm, this is a new one to me. I'm starting out like, so I'm just willing to, let's just sort of ride with it and see how it goes, right? Probably doing fewer redraft leagues. I always say that fewer charity leagues, fewer <laughs> eliminators, you know, like I always say that and it never happens. Come September, August, whatever. Like I'm always like, you need one. All right. You need one more. All right. I why not? Like, I can't hold it. I re- it's redraft. It's best ball, whatever. Like, oh, okay, fine. But that's where I'm like, oh, I'm still tracking it. I still want to win. I'm still paying attention. So maybe that's where I'll cut back. But we've kind of gone off the rails a little bit of week 15, but I think this is still a good topic. And again, we're talking playoffs in general. So maybe we can kind of pivot in a sense to our main topic, which is the same as it was last week, just talking playoffs, right? So Unless you had other stuff you wanted to get into about that offseason, and we have a whole few months to really talk about that. But if there's anything you want to hit, go for it. Otherwise, we can start talking playoffs a little bit here. Uh, I mean, the only thing I really have to add to that, I would say, is just it's a much broader point. But this goes for Dynasty or Redraft or whatever. Uh, Platform shaming. Don't do that. Oh, yeah. Just don't do that. Like, look, and that's why I diplomatically said what I had to say about MFL. That's because, it, because it's yep. like, I don't think it sucks per se. It's just not how my brain works. And you said the same. It's, it's a very valid point about Sleeper as well. It's like whenever I see people just being like, bro, you're still on ESPN. I'm like, yeah, because I like how it stores the league history. And yes. I'm extremely familiar with the layout so like sorry that we haven't trekked over to sleeper yet like it's fine it's like there's no each their own exactly there's no platform like are there some that function better from an objective standpoint like sure but that how many people in the grand scheme of things outside of our small bubble how many people truly care about that (laughs) like 
I don't know. Once once I peek my head out from you know the little you know greenhouse that is the fantasy football community, nobody I know is complaining about the fact that their league is still on Yahoo or NFL.com or something. Like it's fine. Yep. It's absolutely fine. Like well, bring bring it up to your league if you want to change it and you're that passionate about it. But like it's not it's not really that big a deal. I, I know well, I'm in the minority on that, but <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I do feel like it's it's tough to get uh, twelve people, whether they're random or not, to agree on anything these days. I mean, yes. there's, there's so much in this world that is dividing everyone up, and we're not going down that rabbit hole. But just getting everybody to agree to a platform is is a good decision. Just yes, go for it. Let's make it happen, right? Um, that being said, I, I am on one ESPN league. I'm on one CBS league and I'm on like, you know, eight sleeper and 12 MFL. Like I'd really much rather consolidate that down. So whenever that vote comes up, I check the box. That's the voice I have. Like just, yep, I'd rather go to sleeper, but if we stay, okay, I'm fine. Uh, you can always, like I said before, you can always choose to leave the league. It's a, it's your time. Your time can be precious. If you don't want to do it, then don't do it. No one's forcing you. Uh, except for if you're in like a home league, like I'm in a home league for 20 years I can't get out of this group DM thread if I wanted to. Like it's a text thread. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't. I can't leave. You know what I mean? So it's like if, if I'm going to be in the text thread, I might as well be in the league at this point. So at least I know what they're talking about. Um, but yeah. at the same time, no shame in it either. Like my my answer was my answer was very diplomatic as well. Like I prefer MFL. I'm not here to say anything is better or worse. There are yeah. some that I purely don't like. But if you like it, go for it. Knock yourself out. Well, but on on that note, maybe in a way, in a kind of pivot. I do like the way that Sleeper does playoffs. I think it's a little bit more visual. Sleeper is always better at visuals. I think with MFL, you got to kind of hunt and find it. It's not always on the homepage when you go to your league. That's kind of annoying. But I do like how Sleeper allows you to kind of get right to that in a way. You can, you know, if you if you get a buy, it shows you that really quickly. I kind of dig that. But I will say that you know when it comes to playoffs, I don't care what platform I'm on, right? Like the platform doesn't matter. The settings don't matter. I'm just here to win. I just want to take every chance I can and get the victory. And I'll tell you what, last week I, I won in a couple leagues where I didn't think I was going to, and I had, you know, Pat Fryermuth with zero points and I still won somehow, right? Like that's, that's the craziness. And you hit on it before with tight ends. Like there really is Kelsey and then everyone else is just a crapshoot, right? We don't know. Like it's, it's just crazy this year. So, I mean, what, what kind of, I, this is going to sound strange, but what kind of advice would you tell yourself in August, knowing what you know now? Like, what would you say to yourself if you could go back and say, hey, do this one thing or draft this one player? What what kind of advice would you tell yourself at the draft in general, given what you know? Well, I mean, a, a handful of things. Uh, first, uh, definitely sign up for a membership over at DraftSharks.com because I'll tell you what, those now tools, those tools, I, I like, seriously, like straight up, yeah, like it's it's super helpful stuff. So, you know, that out of the way because, you know, I'm a company man. Uh, yep. But then... Don't assume that things are just going to bounce back to what they normally are, quote unquote. I'm really beginning to learn this. And it's weird because I kind of anticipated some of this on like a weird like third eye vision type big brain thing. But like I've talked about this on a bunch of different podcasts recently just because this is how my brain works but like it's interesting where we're at in the landscape of fantasy but also real life football because of the talent cycle yes you know like it's a young man's game at quarterback 
already established that earlier in the pod. If you have, you know, missed that little conversation between, you know, out, you know, just rewind a little bit and then hop back to where we are now. So we got that. And then the running backs, like, you know, in terms of, you know, the talent cycle, you know, flipping over, if we're talking about it being a pancake that you're cooking, you know, it's like that, that thing was midair, you know, maybe like two, three years ago. And now it's right about to hit the pan again. And then, yeah. you know, cause yeah. like, Derrick Henry's not getting any younger folks. Nope. Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, all those guys. Like, that's on the way out. And then you look at this 2023 class that's about to come in, coupled with, you know, some of the people that have come in over the last couple of years. I'm not trying to, you know, cast any shade on, you know, ETN and Jonathan Taylor and, you know, those cats. But, like, but you know what I mean? So, like, I just got so used to like how things kind of worked but then i realized that like i didn't get super into fantasy until and just thinking back in my brain anyway i really got started after that talent cycle had flipped already yeah. so like i had just been operating on assumption that like oh this is just how things work cool it'll be great and then no like the, a lot of those quarterbacks are gone. A lot of those running backs, you know, those names that I just mentioned, and also like Ezekiel Elliott, guys like that, you know, like that was around the time that that was just the same group of people that we were drafting at the top the whole time. So it's like not much information in my brain had changed. So I didn't like, like I knew intellectually it was coming at some point, but I didn't really connect the dots to like kind of have it scream in my face. Hey, that might be now. <laughs> So I just like I used all of my old tricks. Yeah. RB heavy doing all that. And it's just like, bro, that was never the optimal strategy this year for redraft. And like, you know, and then like my advice for Dynasty to myself in August is a whole different animal, which I'm sure we'll we'll have plenty of time to talk about oh yeah. More dynasty stuff. But like but, like, that's kind of my big thing that, like, not only for myself, but I really want to, like, get into the heads of, you know, viewers and listeners is, like, we're in a different phase of the ball game here, folks. Like, it's going to be weird for a little bit until we really, you know, see some younger players kind of develop and watch some of these old guys get pushed out. Like, we're going to have another cycle of, like, three, four, five seasons where we can better – predict things more accurately but like we're just at that transitional period in the nfl and in yeah. fantasy so like yeah. you got to recalibrate for all of that well and and i think you're hitting exactly where i was going to go which is in a similar way anyway was draft more depth damn it like yes <laughs> man I, yes i just i just feel like there was so there's always injuries I and mean, we had Brees hall go down too right Brees hall was going to be the next rb1 and then he got hurt oh. and then Christian McCaffrey got traded and we didn't know what to expect there. And there, there's just chaos every year. Right. Um, so my advice is the same advice I have for the, the next August is just be liquid. Just, just don't expect anything. Just expect the unexpected, like let, let chaos reign and you're going to be fine. Like, I think that that's probably the one thing I would say to anybody who's either just starting in dynasty or this is their first dynasty season. I always tell people it's not always like this, but it's always like this. You know what I mean? Like don't get too bent out of shape. It's not crazy bad like this. But it is kind of like this, so just get used to it. Like, this is the fun. This, this is the whole point. Because um, I, I know a lot of dynasty teams, not only ones that I've built, but I've seen others in leagues that I'm in that are supposed to dominate, have the prettiest roster you've ever seen, and it's just crickets. It's just not there. You know what I mean? Like, 
it just doesn't happen. So again, you got to take a little bit of this, you know, we're all putting a lot of effort, putting a lot of time and research and strategy. We're talking about all this to get to the playoffs, which is where we are. And then you're going to have adversity. You're going to have random stuff happen. You're going to have to pull a rabbit out of a hat. That's okay. Right. But at the same time, just be flexible. Just do your best. Put the lineups in there. You mentioned draft sharks. I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the my playbook feature from my fantasy pros connection. Uh, fantasy pros is definitely one of those sites that I've used for a long time. I know you're a fan. You've worked with them as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of good people over there. But the, the my playbook, I don't think I could do the 17 or whatever leagues that I'm in without it because it just makes life easier for me with that many leagues. And you can do autopilot and things like that, which I've only done in one league, which has been entertaining because sometimes the rankings as they update will switch. And so I'll get like that auto update. It'll switch out a player and then switch them back and then switch them out and then switch them back. And I'm just like, oh, hey, you, I, I, that's not necessary. You know what I mean? Like you're tinkering with my lineup. That's what I that's what I hired you for. So I wouldn't do that. It's just funny. Um, but at the same time, there there is a lot of really good stuff in there, a lot of great tools. And I do think sometimes it's nice to just sort of put it in a way in someone else's hands and just be like, hey, here's my lineups. I'm setting them all based on this. I'm going in the start sit assistant. I'm putting in what I think the experts are saying is the best ones. I'm, I'm just going to leave it in the hands of God and just sort of see how it goes. Um, and again, th there are some teams that I have that are winning that shouldn't be. Uh, there are some teams that should be crushing it and aren't. And none of that changes my opinion. Like just still put the best lineup in. And sometimes it's nice to be like, I can't think about it. My brain is mush. Also, you can always change your own lineup too, right? Set your own lineups and all this. Oh, for sure. But at, the, yeah. but at the same time, like that's, that's the one piece of advice I would say. And it's the same I tell every time. So it's kind of a cop out, but just, just be flexible, man. It's, it's a long season. There's a lot going on. And I think we'd be remiss if we at least didn't say to people, just take a deep breath, keep holding on. You, there's, you're down to the last four teams probably in your league. Right. You made it in the top third. That's a that's a pat on the back. And some leagues you get money for fourth anyway. If you're in a league like that, that's great. You're, you're at least walking away with something. You know, maybe there's a third place game. If you lose this week, you're still in it. You know, that's OK. So I don't know. Just kind of keeping that mindset of like, let's just keep going. We're almost there. I know we're all getting a little burned out. Uh, it's a long season. Lots of content people out there that are kind of sick of putting out content, myself included, where it's like, like we were talking about before the show, like, what are we talking about? Like, this has already been covered. There's 35,000 people that are talking about this. So that's kind of where I wanted to leave that. But I did have a couple of other little questions for you. Yeah, and that's yeah. just really more like, how do you prefer your playoff teams be decided? We talked about this last week with uh, with Matt, uh, me, Rocky, and Matt talked about it. I was curious what your opinion is since we're on a one-on-one -on -one here. Like, do you prefer it to be like point, potential points or like points scored or like an all-play? What kind of, how do you like the playoffs to be determined in general in your leagues? So, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm typically one of those like good with whatever type people, but I do commission one dynasty league, which is my home dynasty league, quote unquote. Same here. Yep. Like, like my big, like home, home league is, you know, it's, we keep two players, but it's basically redraft. So, but like my home dynasty league that I am responsible for the way that we determine that is like, you know. Half of the dudes are people that I know. And then my co-commish, who... Actually, I think I've shared this on another podcast before, but just like quick backstory about it. Like, I was doing a mock draft on ESPN, like, years ago, when they still had, like, the little chat room thing, like, that mm -hmm. you could do while you were mock drafting. And there was just, like, this super cool guy, and we were just, like, going back and forth, like, talking throughout the whole thing. And it was just like, dude, you are cool. Add me on Instagram. And we started a league. So it's, like, it's... Think it's of beauty. 
Yeah, it's like him, his his brother, and like you know a few of his friends. So it's just like it's all the people around here. I manage my division. You know that dude, his brother, and you know his friends. They manage that, and That's then cool. like yeah, it's, it's 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 a lot of fun. So like it it just like it cuts off there. You know, so it's like you know. I like the divisional structure. I know that that's something that like kind of rubs certain people the wrong way. And, you know, like I've seen, I've seen the little quips and jabs that people have made on the timeline. I get Uh it, but I think it's a really good way to separate things in your head. And also it's got a reason, then go for it. Like yours is a literal reason. Like you had, you literally are split up. Like it's your (laughs) friends and his friends. Like that actually makes tons of sense. I like that. Yeah. So it's like it adds that level of fun, but then it also adds that level of, you know, like tough tutors, man. You know, like it's it sucks when you have a team that, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda done the thing. But like them's the rules, friendo. You have to be able to be better than your division mates, not necessarily the rest of the league, my guy. Yep. So it's like it's I it, it adds a different object to the game. Like if you just do a straight table format, that's fine. I'm in plenty of leagues that are like that. I have no qualms. But in terms of what I do and what I like to do, you know, like I'm still, you know, pretty new in the grand scheme of things to like the deep, you know, world of fantasy, you know, being on Twitter and whatnot. So it's like, I'm not doing quite like, I haven't been doing some of this stuff, you know, quite on the same level as a lot of y'all have for as long, but like, because of that, I stick by some of the more quote unquote traditional things that mm-hmm. I think are still fun that I am still very familiar with and identify with. So like I long answer, <laughs> but my thing is honestly, I am pro divisions. I think divisions are very fun. Well, I'll say this. I, I don't disagree with you. I think if they make sense, if, if your league uses divisions for something or has some reason behind it, then I say go for it. If you've always had them, keep them. I just think in general, if you're starting up a new league and you don't have a reason to do it, forcing divisions is kind of where I get a little bit like, what are we doing then? If there's no logical reason, then why That's are fair. we doing that? Right? I, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but I like, like again, I like having divisions in, in leagues like home leagues where there's rivalries, right? Like where you actually have to play the other teams in your division uh, more often than the other division or what have you. Like there's other ways to make that kind of work, right? Um, there's other reasons and, and kind of logical ways to make that work and to make it make sense. So I'm a fan of that. I give you that. And yeah. I think too, just the other, the other thing though, about like about the playoffs, then do you like it to be, if there's 12 teams and two divisions, do you like it to be the top three from each division or like top two and then the best two remaining? Like, what do you, what do you kind of like to, how do you like to mix it up when you get to the playoffs, even if you have divisions? I think, and I'm glad that you bring this up because it's like it, it's been kicking around in my brain for a little bit because I want to propose something a little bit different in this league because like we kind of just have it straight. What is it? Top three from each, and that's it. And I'm just like, that's okay, but to kind of spice things up a bit, like I do think there should be, you know, some. And I already talked earlier about you know like my you know penchant for. You know, being a baseball nerd as well, you know, like I like the whole wild card concept. It's fun. It's you know, like a little something else that you get to spice it up with. You know, yeah. So, like I think doing that for the damn, my record was horrible, but look at my points scored this year. 
I feel like maybe there should be some sort of reward for that. I would be okay with that because it does suck for those managers that yeah. like score a trillion points, but then had a trillion and four scored against them all year. Yeah. And they ended up sub 500. Like there has to be something to kind of help you out a little bit. <laughs> Well, I think that's where I go with like potential points is my preferred because I feel like that also takes a little bit of the tanking aspect out of it. It kind of puts like the, the so, oh. so to speak, best potential team left. So like, you know, doing the top, I, you know, again, if you're doing divisions, it would do like the top two from each division. And then the, the, the fifth team in the playoffs is the best record remaining. And then the sixth team is best potential points remaining. So that way you get a little bit of variance taken out of it. If you're, you know, and there are definitely teams that I've seen that are like, you know, five and nine but have the third highest potential points. Like they just didn't pick the right lineups or they just got really unlucky with their matchups. Like it, that's a good team that I think deserves a shot in the playoffs. So that I'm fine with, right? That I'm okay with. Uh, but again, I think it just, anything that helps that that sixth spot, spice it up. Like you said, add a little seasoning to that last spot. Make it a little more risky, a little more fun. It puts everybody kind of in it throughout the whole season. Even if you're losing, you're like, well, at least I scored a bunch of points. That helps there. So I'm a fan of that. Dude, man, I I didn't even know about potential points until you just brought it up. I had no idea that that was even a thing. And especially oh. because, like, think about the fun of that, especially if it was for that first reason that you brought up, where it was just like, you know, like, homie didn't set the best possible lineup all year, whether it was because of, you know, just laziness or ineptitude or whatever. By rewarding it that way, it's just like, look, time to step up to the plate, friendo. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, kind of apply some pressure to you know yeah. that that member of your league like i think that kind of like out of the blue oh snap type reward you know gets people stoked so like now that i know about that i'm definitely going to keep that in my i'm going to keep that in my filing cabinet of information somewhere in the back well, of my head smart i'm sure there's a ton of filing cabinets in there but i think <laughs> i think the uh sleeper i think it, you can see it but i don't know if they allow you to physically like put that in as an option i know mfl can select that as like a tiebreaker and all that so one of the many reasons that mfl is slightly better for customization but that's you know not necessarily the biggest deal to some uh but i think potential points again in dynasty is a little bit easier too because then it, again it removes some of that need for tanking rules and like how strict do you want to be with tanking if, if a team has good players on the bench, you know, should they be rewarded or punished? You know, I kind of think that if they're benching good players to intentionally lose more power to you, you're just throwing your money away at that point. Like if you want to tank for three years to try to win in the fourth, good luck. I don't think it ever works, but you're welcome to try it. Um, I think there is some some validity to the argument that like it makes the matchups at the end of the year a little wonky where there's teams that are tanking that weren't at the beginning of the season. So like, oh, when I played them, they were playing their best lineup and now you're getting an easy win them's the breaks i don't know what else to tell you know what i mean like i can't really get that upset about it it's just sort of the way things go so again it just there's a, there's so many ways there's so many fun we, reasons and, and kind of options in the in fantasy these days and i do think too with redraft versus dynasty there's some differences so i was just kind of curious and again if, if you end up using potential points somewhere let me know i know we do that in some of the leagues that i'm in and it does make it a little bit different just to sort of say you know you can bench whoever you want you might still make the playoffs so be careful you still might not get the 101 you know what i mean like you might be tanking and losing on purpose because you feel like you don't want to win or you really want Bijan Robinson, but I'm sorry, man, your potential points are six best in the league. You're in the playoffs. You, you know, you're one of seven. I don't care if you're the worst record. So it, it kind of makes it like, well, then why tank? You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be scoring yeah. points, I might as well put them in my lineup. Right. So it kind of keeps everybody a little honest without forcing people to tank except. And the other thing I think it does reward, which I like trading players for picks. 
right now I'm getting points off my roster. I'm literally rebuilding my roster. I don't have a player on my bench scoring points. I'm trading for a pick, which scores zero points. So there's some value there. Again, it just, it, it, I think it incentivizes trading a little more. It kind of opens up the door to being like, if you really want to get that one-on-one, you're going to have to send everyone on your roster away, you know, in a way to do it. So it just, I think it opens it up. And even if you do the entire, you know, the six that don't make the playoffs, ranking them by potential points, I think is a great way too to sort of say, who is literally the worst team? They deserve the one-on-one. Not who is the most active at tanking or who's the best at dynasty. Like, no, help the worst team get better. That's what I think the one-on-one should do anyway. Now, if they botch that, which happens, I'm sure you've seen this too, which happens in every league I've been in where there's a clear-cut one-on-one every year and someone's like, no, I'm not taking that guy. I'm taking this guy. And you're just like, well, one of two just got a gift. You know what I mean? Like, all right, great. You're like, that's great. Like, it happens all the time. So it doesn't guarantee they're going to get better. It just gives them the best chance. So that's kind of where I'm at with some of that. But I know that's obviously a lot of playoff talk without saying anything. We're still saying a lot. I love that. Um, Anything else you want to talk about with the playoffs before we move on to our listener leagues and then obviously find me a trade? Uh, Not really, but I I will say just kind of like broad strokes. If there's kind of one thing to take away from our, you know, big kerfuffle of, you know, things that we're bringing to the table, I think it really highlights exactly how nuanced this game is in this format and why I encourage people to really think about their dynasty teams and their dynasty leagues. And again, I'm bringing baseball back into it just because like, honestly, that's the first sport that I fell in love with. That's the one that I for years knew the most about. And that's the one that makes the most sense to me when you're really trying to evaluate where you're at, what you're trying to do and what your approach is. You have to think about it a little bit more pragmatically because there are a lot of, you know, broad strokes, pieces of advice that do apply, you know, the whole, you know, you don't want to be in the middle. You either want to be toward the back or at the tippy top and like all of that rings true, but with so many different things that you can do with your league settings and who ends up making the playoffs and doing all of that, like certain pieces of advice that are generally acceptable to a mass audience are not always going to be applicable to you. So like whenever you read something or listen to something and they're talking about a player or what to do with a pick, you have to apply as much specific knowledge to your league as possible. And I guess my ultimate point is basically just telling people the number one tool you have at your disposal is not, having a huge analytics background, being the smartest film person in the world, this, that, the other. It is knowing your league, understanding the rules, and understanding where your team is. If you can do those three things and make decisions very specifically and pragmatically based off of those three things, the world's your oyster. You know, like, that's why Mm -hmm. I don't do a ton of portfolio type play, just because, like, my brain can't process it that way. And there's nothing wrong with approaching it that way. I'm not saying that that's wrong, obviously, because, like, you know, but, like, I really think, like, those are the three pillars of Dynasty that you just have to do. Because, like, not everything is the same. Most things are, you know, like, hey, this player is young and good, so A+. plus. Like, sure, that's that's... (laughs) That's true across all leagues. Josh Allen, thumbs up. Like, okay, 
like we're we're all behind you on that one, bud. But yeah. <laughs> but like hashtag obvious, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like sometimes the hashtag obvious stuff isn't so obvious. So just like always be mindful of your league, the rules, and where you're at. No, and that's a good point. I know that's something that John Bosch always says too. Is like know your league settings, know your rules. Um, you know, always got it. Like the know your rules is always a good advice for anybody in fantasy, especially when it comes to playoffs. So. I think with that, we'll kind of wrap up the playoff talk for this week. We'll bring it back, I'm sure, next week and talk about a whole bit different set of things. That's kind of the fun of this. Um, we do want to get into some different things here. Obviously, we've got some listener league updates that I do want to care to kind of talk about because this is the fun stuff. So Dynasty Junkies won. Uh, Jerry Shea beat Mikey MKCU 155.44, 134.16. So that was a good 20-point walloping there for Jerry Shea, who advanced to the Ooh. semifinals. Funky Bunch also then beat Sotally Tober, which I love that team name, by 164 <laughs> to 131 pretty much. So another 30-point walloping for Funky Bunch to advance. So in these Dynasty Junkie Leagues, we have a fun rule in the playoffs where the the, the seeding and, and kind of who you face is, is a draft. So the best team gets to pick who they want to go against. So as the one seed, Rocky and I picked Funky Bunch to play this round partially because he just lost Jonathan Taylor. And we're thinking, you know, that 164 might have been a fluke. Maybe that's kind of coming out of it. So we're playing fans of head games. Jerry Shea was the lower seed, so it's kind of like going against the grain a little there. But that means Gators Bitches, who is the number two seed, gets to face Jerry Shea in the semis. So that should be a fun one. I know we're looking forward to that. And uh, obviously, Rocky and I with the bye means we're going to lose this week. No problem. Can't wait for that next week. We'll have an update there. Uh, Dynasty Junkies 2, which is a 14-teamer that we started up this past offseason. Uh, Coast to Coast Dynasty Mercer beat Dynasty Wazoo. 143 to 120. So again, a 23 point victory there. Pretty convincing to advance to the semis. Uh, this one, there's only one by, there's only one team that gets a buy. There's 17 that make the playoffs. So coast to coast dynasty Mercer advanced. Policy Gronks beat the guys at Fantasy Timeline 167 to 114. So a nice solid 50 point win there. Just cruising. <laughs> oh man. And then, yeah. And then Bing Pot, which is a great uh, Brooklyn 99 reference, Bing Pot. Uh, beat find me a team name 191 to 165 so again 165 is a great score in that league and loses to bing pot on a hell of a week with a 191 30 or 25 point victory so andrew ember picked bing pot for the semis uh and therefore policy gronks gets dynasty mercer and i think uh who's the other one i forget who the other one is but i think that's it i think those those are the four matchups so it's just andrew ember picked bing pot so policy gronks gets dynasty mercer it should be a good matchup for this week uh, to kind of see how things go from there. But, man, the, both of those leagues are very active, a lot of fun. I know the DJ2 chat on GroupMe is always going. I feel like we're always talking about something in there. I sometimes catch up in there when there's 40 things, and I read them all, and I'm like, well, now I can't comment because that was from yesterday or whatever. Like, oh, missed that one. But that's cool. It's cool. I love active chat. So, anyway, that's the updates for that. Uh, before we get too far, though, we definitely got to – hang on. We got to play this. This is part of the brand. It's part of our show here. So, here we go. Find me a trade. Find me a trade. Our friend Brian Hard there with Find Me a Trade. So now we're, we're heading into our final segment of the evening of Find Me a Trade. This one is uh, it's a fun one brought to you by Casey Kasem, who I mentioned earlier, who was on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, we were looking for leagues that don't have a trade deadline. And she was like, well, I got one. Maybe this can help. And we're like, that's great. We'll, we'll use it. Uh, I know we've used uh, Scott and Rockies in the last couple weeks. Uh, this league is it's on my fantasy league, your favorite site of all time. Uh, oh, the yeah. league is the tw- the 12 Olympians, ton of good people in this league. I won't go through them, but there's a lot of good people in this league. Uh, Casey's team name is Athena said, knock you out. I love that. It is a 12 team super flex, half PPR point per first down minus four for interception, po- six points for a passing touchdown. 
You start 11. It's a QB, two running back, three receiver, tight end, three flex, super flex. Sort of run of the mill, but start 11 is a little deeper. I love that. Uh, 28 roster spots, five IR spots. Um, Casey's thoughts here is she kind of went through some of the scoring, but rankings will be determined based on the following criteria, overall winning percentage, total points scored by starters year to date, then head to head. So we were talking about that before. So I wanted to mention that here. That's kind of a fun one too. And obviously we're in the playoffs in this league now and there is no deadline. So in theory, these trades can still happen, but Casey is out of the playoffs and given her team and Herms, you might have an opinion on this too. Given her team. Yeah. She's, she's out of the playoffs. This team needs some work. Um, so her, her notes here, my yeah. QB situation is definitely the thing I want to improve overall, but I don't have anyone on my roster I'm in love with. I'm four and nine at the time anyway, not expecting anything this year. I have two first next year. Oh, and five thirds WTF. I love that. Haven't been able to pull off a trade in there in a bit. I've got a few young guys off the waivers for cheap or $0 a few weeks back in case that's the route I want to go. But I figured you homies would be able to figure out a trade that works for me. So little did she know the homies would be me and Herms, and we're going to do our best. We're going to help where we can here, Casey. We're going to get to you. I'm not going to go through the team just because it's there's only the two of us anyway, but the highlights are pretty sparse. Anyway, if I'm being honest, there's uh, Deshaun Watson, Zach Wilson, who just got benched, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, Ryan Tannehill, Davis Mills, like lots of QB two and threes at quarterback. Running back, it's real narrow. It's Najee Harris and a bunch of scrubs. Tyler Algier has actually showed up lately, so that's not entirely a scrub. Daryl Henderson's still a free agent, last I heard. Uh, receiver, Brandon Ayuk, Paris Campbell, that's about it. A.J. Green, I guess. Alan Lazard, like there's just not much there. Tight end, she's got a bunch of good options here, though. T.J. Hawkinson, Cole Komet, yes. uh, Dawson Knox, Hunter Henry, uh, Kate Otten, Logan Thomas, Adam Troutman. So lots of good options at tight end. But yeah, I, I, I agree with your your status there, Casey. I think your quarterback room is, is hurting. I guess that's the best way to put it. But I guess I'll kick it to you first terms. What what trade did you come up with and, and where do you want to go with her team if you had it? In you know, in terms of thinking about what I would do in finding a trade, like I'm I'm gonna echo your sentiment about what you said about her tight ends, because like that is the pool of goodness on an otherwise struggling roster, which, you know, again, not offensive to say because she had, she said as much too. So, but like, because she has so many of those options there, like that was the first place my mind kind of went to. I was like, okay, well you can dip into that little piggy bank of savings you got there to start, you know, kind of accelerating something here a little bit. But then, you know, I also noticed that we, you know, identified a, a common uh, trade piece uh, in my beloved uh, Najee Harris, yeah. And, you know, like, but, and which is fine, you know, like running back, you'll, you figure it out. You, it's, it's a thing that you do. It happens every year. Like streaming the position is not something that only applies to redraft folks. True. So as, as well, it's a dynasty podcast, people who listen to this know, but still, I know, yeah. <laughs> but just throwing it out there for people who didn't like, yeah. So like, I thought looking at this, I was like, I mean, you probably want to hold on to Hawk. Just in case, you know, especially because I found a trade partner that could possibly get you Kirk Cousins, maybe. But like Dawson Knox and Najee, I'm like, they're, they're, see, there. I think I think you can start there and be like, hoo hoo. Now, I'm not saying that has to be like the final offer that you send out to somebody in general. But like in terms of just like a strong starting point for a trade offer, given the whole league settings and everything like that and how scarce tight end is anyway. And the fact that you just have a luxury of that, like, yeah. That's where my brain immediately leapt to first because it's like, obviously, like, you know, trading one-on-one, if you can, 
take a position of, you know, an abundance of strength in an effort to make an improvement where there's a significant weakness. Like it's the logical thing to do is, you know, yep. if you have if you have a pot of beans with way too many beans and you got another pot with not enough beans, it, move some the, beans. You got to move the beans. Exactly. The dynasty beans. There we go. Tuna right. uh, check out my new podcast Dynasty Beans with Herms. Uh, move the beans. <laughs> move the beans. <laughs> oh, I I just, just don't not, flick the bean. That's we're not talking about that. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, we we got to yeah, it, it, Patreon serves multiple purposes, folks. Uh, but if, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so that's where my brain went. Uh. It's all good. You're in the right spot here, Herms. I, I will, I'll piggyback on this and say I, I, I agree with you, obviously. I agree with you. I think that the, the the there are a couple of ways you could take this team. I think if if this were my team, and that's kind of how I look at all of these, is that if this were my team, I would not want any running backs on my roster. I'm not winning. I, running back is the last piece you add to a team to yeah. go in. So in my head, it was like, well, Najee Harris is clearly the the solid and maybe even best piece on this team. But the the solid running back option you have, I send that to another team that might have a need for him. Uh, I, I, I think Najee Harris is going to come back fine next year. I think he had a rough go this season, partially injured and not really full 100%. And, that team is still trying to figure out who they are. So like why run the risk of injuring him and giving him a ton of carries? I totally get why they spread it around as a, as a Steelers fan, I'm sure you have a whole different set, but the same idea of, of analysis on that. Oh yeah. So, so my thought was to send Najee Harris and maybe another piece if you need to, because again, everybody's a little bit all over the place on Harris, but send Harris to buy the beard of Zeus for Kenny Pickett and Jerry Judy. And the logic here is Pickett and Judy, both are kind of descending assets right now. I think there's a lot of, question marks around both of them. I mean, is Pickett the quarterback long-term? I think so. I think a lot of people think so, but is he going to be a QB one? I don't think so. I think it helps your team to get younger at QB. It adds another QB without giving one up if you can. Um, and then Jerry Judy, I think again, is another young receiver who is obviously paired to a potentially hall of famer and Russ Wilson, who just forgot he was a hall of famer. I don't know. So I think at some point that team turns it around, but I would look to move Harris first thing. I don't know if I would sell low because there's no urgency here. You know, take your time, find the right deal. Um, but I would probably, this is where I would probably do, I would send an offer for Harris to every team and just sort of kick the tires on every team. Find something on every team that you kind of want for Harris. It doesn't have to be perfect value. It doesn't have to put into a calculator and see if it works. There's a lot of calculators that'll have the, the picket Judy side on this one way over the Harris side. But again, Harris is such a wild card. All three of those players are. So pick risky players on the other team. Maybe you get lucky. Maybe you get a counter. And I've seen this happen in my own leagues where I, I do that, where I blanket the league with a trade to get rid of Wandale Robinson or something, right? Like he got hurt and I sent everybody an offer. And I got a couple offers back that were kind of intriguing. We went back and forth and I picked one, right? You gotta, you're going to have to grind a little to get this done. But if you do that, you might get something you like. You might get something coming back that you didn't expect. They might accept that first trade. I mean, that's happened too, where you're like, oh, okay, I guess my work here is done. I'll take that. Yeah, because I said it, I'll take it, right? So that's kind of where my head goes on it. But in a sense, I guess you you sort of agree, I think, already with this logic, right? I mean, like, yes. there's nothing that you're going to comment on in a negative way. But what do you think about that in general? I Especially as it pertains to Najee specifically in this instance, I can say definitively speaking from the home dynasty league that I talked about earlier, there was a manager in a similar spot who did this exact thing, grinded it out, offered, put it on the block, you know, saw what was out there. 
But it wasn't even just that league. Like Najee is somebody that if you're not in that great spot, like you are going to have to put out a lot of feelers and kind of test the waters on that because I'm not going to bore people with my feelings on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I could go on about that forever and we're already deep enough into the show. So you don't need the Herms soliloquy about all of that. But like theoretically, it'll get better. But if you're in this position anyway, you don't need them. And honestly, I will also say to your point, like it was a little challenging to find a super you know, logical trade partner because of where she's at and because of what the biggest asset that she has to give up is. So like if you put in that legwork and you end up, you know, finding something like it will be a fruitful, you know, reward for your time. It really will. Like some of the ideas that I came up with, like I pitched a couple managers that could give you some decent quarterback options, but there were some older guys that I'm not going to bother mentioning because, you know, it was a difficult part of this exercise, but you know, like Andrew, to your point about, you know, Pickett specifically, like I said, I wasn't going to go on super long about the Steelers, but I'll, I'll talk about him briefly. I was talking about this with my, with my brother earlier. Like I think worst case scenario, Kenny Pickett is Andy Dalton. Now the median kind of outcome is like Bengals, Andy Dalton slash mediocre. Once upon a time, Derek Carr which is still somebody that you can play as a QB2 in a super flex league that you're okay with. And then, best case, Kirk Cousins without the aversion to playing in prime time. You know, again, that's best case, but, you know, like, it's still possible. I believe you are on mute, by the way. Just throwing... No, I just... I, yeah, I was going to say, like, I was coughing there, but no, like, you're right. Andy oh. Dalton hated prime time, too, though. Uh, Andy Dalton was not a fan of prime time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's already in the same boat, but now you're on the right track. The other thing, and, and I think you talked about this too, is that, you know, your tight ends are where you're, you're the most, uh, you know, you have the most assets, right? So if it wasn't, if I can't find a trade for Najee right now, I'm fine with that. There's no urgency to it. I don't mind sending out some feelers, but you're going to get some, you know, you're going to get some crap counters that are just not going to feel like you're going to get somebody who tries to be fun and send you like, I don't know, like a, I'm trying to think of one that would make like Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Zay Jones for Najee oh, Harris. You're going to go, no, I'm not doing that. Like, you know, okay, that's too crazy. I'm not. So wait, if you have to, you know, don't make a trade now. And I know Casey knows this. She's very smart at this. But if it were my team, I'd try to send those out. And if nothing comes from that, if I can't find anyone willing, I'm willing to hold Najee until the draft. Now like the next kind of point in the season when people are trying to trade. And then I might start to pivot and say, all right, well, what can I get for Cole Komet? Right. Maybe I target the Justin Fields manager and say, hey, you want to pair that up? And like if you've got Fields, maybe you want to do something there. Same with the Josh Allen manager with with uh, Dawson Knox, like just sort of throw some trades that direction, see what sticks. I kind of agree with you on holding Hawkinson because I think that that's going to be one of the best long term assets. But also yeah. at the same time, I don't mind offering Hawkinson if somebody is really willing, because like we said before, tight end is such a bleak landscape. There is someone out there that may be willing to overpay for Hawk. So I think those are kind of where I would go next is to those three tight ends and sort of see what the best I could get. Um, I didn't look at the draft picks, but in all honesty, it doesn't really matter anyway. I mean, there, there is some value in having draft picks. I don't yeah. know if you're going to be able to get a first for Najee anymore. I mean, it kind of depends. I, I, I'd like to think you still could. I do think he is still worth a first. I just don't know if anyone... I mean, I don't know if any anyone. I don't know if everyone's going to give that. There are definitely some that will. If um, I was in the league, well, <laughs> and I think it, it depends too of of where the first is. It depends on how desperate. Like if it's one of the playoff teams and they're looking for a push, and they're you know they just lost Jonathan Taylor. That's another thing I would look at is like, well, who just lost some players? That's always a good idea. Um, so go to the Jonathan Taylor manager and say, hey, I can give you. I'll trade you Harris 
and Dawson Knox for Taylor. You know, I don't mind something like that, right? Maybe you can pull off a trade like that, um, kind of striking while the iron is hot. Like that's kind of where I try to make a move. This is honestly too, and maybe you'll agree with this, maybe not, but my favorite leagues are the ones where I'm so far out of it that there's no risk, right? Like if, if, if I'm doing poorly and I make a bad trade, guess what? I'm still doing poorly. So like it doesn't really change the trajectory of my team if I mess up a trade. So give me all the risk. Give me all the risky players. Like give me all the players that like give me Zeke Elliott. You know, give me uh, like Clyde Edwards Hilaire. If I can get him for Zay Jones or something on the cheap, yeah. bring it on. You know what I mean? Like one of those flyers you took, one of the waiver guys you picked up for zero dollars. If you can trade that for Clyde, why not? You never know how he's going to come back. So like that's kind of where I'm at with this team is that I would just start blanketing the league with offers. Um, it is a very active league from what I can tell. There's some great guys in this. Again, don't want to drop any names and have to pick them up later. But this league has got some people that like to make moves. And this league has got some guys that know what they're doing. And Casey is among some Olympians for sure. So, again, Casey, I know if you're listening, let us know how this goes. Let us know what you come up with. But I do like the idea of making some moves in a league like this where everyone is going to be making moves. And that's kind of my thought process here. Not every league is going to be like this, Right. Not every league, your league, if you're listening, you know, John Smith in the street and you're listening on the way to work or what have you, you might not have a league that everybody trades. This one is. And that's kind of where our heads go. If if the context was different, you might have to take a little bit of a discount to send Harris and get something a little less back. So don't be afraid to do that either. This offseason is going to be probably one of the weirdest in the last five years of Dynasty, just because of the influx. Like you said, before, the influx of talent coming in is pretty crazy. The draft itself is going to change values on a lot of people um, because you're going to have players going earlier or later than they're supposed to. It's going to change their, you know, their landing spots going to change things. There's going to be some running back that lands on Tennessee and then everybody's going to drop uh, Henry like he's hot and just like, oh, he's done. We don't want him anymore. That may not be true. We'll see how that pans out. Like it happens every year. Right. Yeah. So don't panic. Don't get crazy, but find the right trade. I do think making moves is always a good idea, especially this time of year. And if you don't have a deadline, keep going, right? Don't don't play it like you do. Um, and again, if you do have a deadline, try to talk to your, your league. Try to, you know, put it in the DM chat and just say, man, it'd be great if we didn't have a deadline so I could make, a, you know, help out the team that just lost Jonathan Taylor or, you know, like just kind of put some of those feelers out there. And then in the offseason, maybe you can get a vote on it. You never know. So that's kind of, again, I think that sums it up pretty nicely. But do you have any closing thoughts on this team from Casey and the Find Me a Trade segment? Yeah, I mean, like, the couple things I want to echo for sure, like, you know, worst-case scenario, if you have to get down to dealing Hawk, consider dealing Hawk, but, like, that's definitely, like, plan E on the list. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So I agree. Like, maybe maybe don't do that first. But And then the other thing that you said that, like, really rings true, you know, and, like, shout-out to homie Russ, you know, like, even if you make a bad trade, if you're in enough of a position where you're not taking on any sort of risk anyway, the best way to correct a bad trade is to make another trade anyway. Just trade so, your way out of it. Yep. Exactly. Like, you know, just like sometimes being in an endless pit is not the worst thing in the world. Again, tying it back to baseball just because I can't help it. Like my be- my beloved Washington Nationals, after winning the World Series in 2019, have been in a dumpster fire. Yep. That guy that the Red Sox traded for is the centerpiece of the Mookie Betts deal, got designated for assignment. And guess who just picked him up? The Washington Nationals. Because yep. what's the risk? Who cares? Yeah. He used to be a top prospect. Maybe it'll be fine. And it it, it kind of ties back to, you know, like baseball brain in the in the whole dynasty football thing. Sometimes baseball brain work. 
it, it, it the two tie together super well. So it's just like, don't be afraid to try as many things as possible because you're already losing. Right. Right. So, There's really nowhere you can go but further down. Just, you know, that's not the worst thing either. Right. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, just trade everything. You never and, know. It, and if you're at the bottom, like, what are you going to do? Lose harder? Right. Like, no, you're already at the bottom. So who cares? You, you're you so far down in certain circumstances where it's just like, yeah, flounder a little bit. And here's the thing. Tying it back to, you know, my days of playing Pokemon on the Game Boy. Magikarp can only do a handful of things. But once it gets out of enough times of flopping or whatever its one move is, it defaults to this thing that, you know, it'll just kind of like hesitate and struggle a little bit, but that inflicts one health point of damage. Even once you get desperate enough and you run out of those moves, you will get to a point where you're still, you're still doing something. You're still twitching. You're yeah. still, you're, you're still tripping away. It's still taking away a health point from your opponent. You're yep. still doing something. So even if the worst case scenario is you are magic carp that has already flopped, 25 too many times you will begin to chip away eventually at your opponents well and i think you're hitting the nail on the head here just don't give up casey you're doing great i know that this is a this is a tough league there's a lot of good players at the top of this league that are you know obviously dynasty uh out you know outhouse i used to have russes in this league but like dynasty powerhouses you know to kind of do a house pun there like these are some these are some solid players and you're in a great spot here to just blow it up and let's see what we can get. And I don't mind trading for picks. I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm saying don't only do that, right? Don't be afraid to trade for assets. Don't be afraid to kind of zig when everyone's zagging. If everybody's trading for picks and the picks are worth a lot, then trade away your picks for players, right? I, I think this sometimes, maybe this is the best way to say it in this point too, is that there is some, there is some value in looking at the market and saying, okay, well, if everyone's valuing picks more than I am, then maybe now's the time to sell the picks. And then trade them for players that you think might be on the like if you can send your first for Garrett Wilson or something, you know, like as much as that team, the Jets tonight are obviously struggling. And and as much as that team looks like a dumpster fire right now, I still think Garrett Wilson is worth the first. Right. And as a rebuilding team, you want to get young receivers. That's pretty much the first place I go is give me young receivers and tight ends. I'll figure out quarterbacks next and then running backs when everything else is lining up because running backs are pretty much plug and play at a certain point. Um, we're seeing it right now with Deion Jackson and, and Jarek McKinnon and like all these running backs that were undrafted and redraft that are now worth something, right? It happens every single year. So even in, in a 28 roster spot league, you're going to see guys on the waivers at the beginning of the year that are going to matter later on. So you can take care of running back heck in August, September, October, you can build something. So I would rather get some of those receivers under my belt. And, and again, I think that's just good advice for everybody is just keep trading. Just don't give up. Uh, unless of course the league sucks and you want to get out of it, then then don't trade, right? Don't yeah, don't yeah. make trades on your way out. That's not nice. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I think the point we're hammering home here, and if you're listening still, you're probably a fan of this. But just you know, keep trying. You're doing great. But with that, we're gonna get out of here tonight, Herms. I know the game has been uh, a game. I don't know. It, it seems like the best way to put it. it it's is, happening. Uh, it's occurring. It's almost <laughs> over. I, I guess we'll, we'll call that a victory uh, at this point. Jacksonville is looking to to win pretty easily. Chris Streveler has officially outscored Zach Wilson in fantasy. So that's hilarious to me. Oh, dear anybody God. had him on a roster. <laughs> Everybody was expecting Flacco. Not, not today. We're going to do it a different way. So with that, I want to get out of here. Where can people find you again in case they missed it at the beginning? Where can they uh, find your musings on the online? If you're on the Twitter machine, you can find me at Herms NFL. I will tweet out any sort of thing that I do, whether it be, 
you know, articles or blurbs or something or whatever. Sometimes just my thoughts on breakfast foods or TV shows. You know, anything that I have to say that I deem to be necessary enough to tweet, you can find at Herms NFL. And if you want to, you know, follow the things that, you know, I take more seriously, uh, including my day job, now over at Draft Sharks, draftsharks.com. Like, honestly, like, yo, is it peep the hoodie? You know, I was like, yeah, go. for real. Like, great website, a lot of great people over there. You know, a lot of people even smarter than me. You know, hard to believe, obviously. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but, but like, seriously, like, great group of guys. Like, honestly, like, super helpful content, super helpful tools and everything. Like, just check that out for sure, you know. And, you know, shout out everybody who tuned in, watched, That's right. did the thing. Herms loves the public, and I appreciate y'all. On the public loves terms. Great meeting at the expo. Are you going to try to go again this year? Dude, I'll tell you what. Not only am I going, but at this point, I think, like, I'm I, I'm not a big fan of long drives. I figured out it's only about an hour in an airplane if I fly. So, I, if not only am I going, but I, I'm going to try and fly. I'm going to try there and you fly. Go. There you go. That's <laughs> I, You know what? I like that. I like that. I know it's a little risky for some people. I know you're not a fan of flying, but it's a short flight. It should be easy. Uh, I will almost definitely be there. I know Rocky and I went last year and uh, we met up with Drew and uh, David Glidden, of course, and a couple other people. So we had a great time. And I, anybody who's listening to this, definitely recommend it. Whether you create content or absorb content, whichever side of the, the content wall you're on, please come. It's a great time. But with that, let's get out of here for the night. Let's call it a night. We've got Christmas coming up. It's a nice cold night coming in. I can already feel it getting chilly outside. But uh, follow us on uh, at Dynasty Junkies on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the DAP Network, the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, if you will. And we do. You can follow that at DAP underscore network on Twitter. Uh, follow me at Andrew Hall FF. I'm on there a lot on Twitter. But obviously, the Twitter machine is who knows where it's going these days. I mean, we, we could have a whole crazy next year and see a whole bunch of changes. But for now, follow me on there. Uh, definitely subscribe, rate, and review. If you have any of the uh, commentary or criticisms you want to give, feel free. Obviously, we love hearing a lot of that. Uh, ratings are always helpful. And then again, I always say it. I know we talk about it a lot, but find me a trade. We're always looking for more leagues. Um, this is the time of year I feel like it kind of gets real quiet and we start to use Rockies and Scots and mine and things like that, which is fine. We like it for talking points. But if you've got a league without a deadline, now is the perfect time to submit that. Uh, if you've got a league that you just need a lot of help in and you know it's going to be in January, you know, hey, we have a deadline, but you know, love to get you in January. So get on the books. We've got a lot of teams uh, that are already on the list, but always willing to add more. So find us there. And with that, I will make sure that since it's just me tonight, I'll say thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Herms, for being here tonight. Appreciate your time. If you're still listening, we appreciate you very much. And with that, Junkies out. Junkies out.